together like you love him this afternoon. Ah, man, I'm excited to be here today. Anybody else excited to be in church? And I had to come down from the pulpit for for today's service because I really wanted to just share my heart and share and talk with our church. By the way, you guys look better here on the first on the first level, right? You guys look amazing. I didn't realize how good looking of a church we had. My goodness. We are blessed. Pastor Lisa, we are blessed. We have a good looking church. Come on, somebody. Starting with John Miranda. Look at that hunk. Um, I'm excited. Uh, we had an amazing week, by the way. We had our outreach that took place this last week on Thursday. We had our first outreach. Can we put our hands together for that? Come on. We also had our community group launch. We launched our community groups. It was awesome to see so many people in community this week alone. And I want to praise God for that. And, and we've also been in this series called Who's Your One? By the way, if I look uncomfortable, I might be a little uncomfortable because I'm usually up there, and now I got this light blasting in my eyes. Like, but uh, I'll get used to it. Come on, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, amen. Take my time. I like that. I'm going to get real comfortable with that. Um, but we started on a series called uh, Who's Your One? And the message of this series is essentially that there are people that God has assigned to you. There are some people that God has called you to reach that he hasn't called me to reach, that I don't have the bait to reach those people because I'm not in their sphere of influence. But there are some people that God has placed in your circle. Someone say your circle. He's placed them in your circle. He's placed them in your sphere of influence. He's placed them in your environment for a reason. Um, He didn't place them in my environment. He placed them in your environment. And you'll be surprised how many people would see you as God's minister in their life without you even realizing it. That you think that you're their friend, you think that you're just an associate in their life, and they're actually seeing you as a beacon of light in their life, and you don't even realize it at times. There's some people that are looking up to you, and you are their, their lighthouse. You are their source of hope. They, they, actually, they actually wait to look at some of your social media posts because some of your social media posts inspire them and help them, and, and uh, they need those moments. You'll be surprised how much your light can shine when someone's in a dark situation. You'll be surprised. And uh, this series, quite frankly, to be honest, it's, it's not one of those uh, what I call a hallelujah, holla back messages. You know what I mean? It's not one of those hallelujah, holla back messages. It really isn't because uh, how many know that there's some messages that God will speak to us because he wants to inspire us. And God will speak to us because he wants to motivate us. But there are some times that God will speak to us and it's because he wants to challenge us. Amen. I got three amens. That wasn't too bad. Uh, But God will speak to us because he wants to challenge us. Now, he doesn't want to challenge us to just pull pull us out of the pit. Because there are some messages. How many know we need that? Like, we need those messages that that God is just going to pull us out of the pit. But every message and every season of our life is not God pulling us out of the pit. There are some messages that God wants to share with you because he wants you to level up. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he wants you to, he wants you to level up. And I, and I really believe that that's what this message is here today, that God wants to challenge you today. And I want to show it to you how God uses, uh, pastors and leaders to challenge his people. And you might be surprised. You'd be like, man, what's the purpose of a pastor? What's the purpose of a leader? I want to show it to you from a biblical context. In Ephesians chapter four, it makes it real clear. Can we bring that up? Watch this. It says, now these, everybody say these, these are the what? The what? The what? Say with me, the what? These are the gifts 
that Christ gave to the church. What did he give to the church? Well, Christ actually wrapped up in a present, in a gift, a few things. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. And, and look what he did. He gave, in other words, can I just be honest right now? Pastor Lisa, before she's anything in your life, can I be honest? She will never say this about herself, but I would like to say this about, about her because she's my wife. Come on, somebody. But um, Pastor Lisa is a gift to this church. Literally, Jesus gave you, how many know that we, we serve a God that gives good gifts? And Pastor Lisa, he wrapped up Lisa in a gift and said, hey, I want to bless Kuha with it. You know what Pastor Reuben is? Pastor Reuben is a gift that God gave to his church. Now, look at, the, look at why uh, the pastors and the apostles are, are, are a gift. Their responsibility is to what? Equip. In other words, to empower. In other words, to give you the steps. In other words, to give you the tools. In other words, to give you direction. They are to equip who? Look at the person next to you. Tell them, that's me. That's me. That's me right there. That's me. That's me. I'm God's people. I'm God's people. I'm God's people. To do his work and to what? I don't know about you, but when we started this church, you know, one of, the, one of the things that we said is that we didn't want to be the kind of pastors that I grew up in a church where the pastor did everything. The pastor was the one preaching and he was also the one picking up people in the church train. Come on, somebody like he did everything. But how many how many, of you know, like there, there's only a certain amount of things you can do in a, effectively until you deplete. So God didn't call the pastors to do everything. And we never want to be the kind of church where the pastors are doing everything. We want to be the kind of church where the pastor's equipping God's people to do the work that he's called God's people to do as a body. Amen? Amen? And so, and so, and so the reason I'm saying this is because it's not only the pastor's job to do certain things. So, so, so each and every one of us who have experienced a personal relationship with Jesus, each and every one, one of us that have encountered God's love have a responsibility. Now, it's not a responsibility that is motivated by rules and regulation. It's not a responsibility that's motivated by legalism. It's a responsibility that's motivated by love. It's a responsibility that's motivated by love. I'm trying not to get preachy here. I really want to teach today. We'll see how that works. Um, because, Because this, you need to know this, and we said this last week. Your faith in Jesus is personal, but it's not meant to be private. Your faith in Jesus, yeah, it is personal. What God did in your life was, is personal. But oftentimes we confuse it being personal and being, and being private the same thing. And God will do something personal in your life, but it's not for you to keep private. He actually wants you to share it with other people. And our series verse is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It simply says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then it goes on to say, but how are they going to call? Like, hey, I need you to know that people can call on the name of the Lord. And when they call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. But how are they going to call if they don't believe in him? They'll never call for a direction of help if they don't know the help is there. So it's like, how will they call if they don't believe in them, if they haven't placed their trust in them? But here's a go- here it goes. How- they will never trust in them unless someone tells them. Okay, so it goes on to say, it says, how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they have hear, 
How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And we gave three keys last week. By the way, if you didn't watch last week's message, I want to encourage you to go watch back on demand. It's on YouTube. I want to encourage you to go back and watch it. I believe it's one of the, if I say so myself, one of the best messages on evangelism you're ever going to have. Filet mignon, I'm just saying. And we said these he said, number one, tell them about uh, three keys to empower you to reach your one. Number one, tell them about God's love. That's it. That's the message. Tell them about God's love. Number two, share with them what God's love has done in you and for you. So whatever it is that God is doing in your life, why don't you, why don't you share it with someone, whatever it is. Number three, become the evidence that God's love works. Come on, somebody. Become the evidence. Be the hope in someone's life that God's love works because there are people that are watching us and are seeing how we deal with depression and if we if we show that we deal with the depression or we deal with anxiety or we deal with fear or we deal with marriage in the same way culture and society tells us to deal with it then they say well why do i need your god i'm good like this and so become the evidence that god's love works and today's today's uh message is is brought to us by Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's a real simple verse, but it's a very powerful one. It says, but you will receive power. You will receive power. Someone shout power, please. It says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And and when he comes into your life, the first thing that's going to happen is this. Watch. You will tell about me. You will tell about me where? In the city of Jerusalem, in all of the countries in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One of the, one of the indications, or one, one of the first things that happen when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you is that you, you have, you're compelled by love to share the story of God's love. And maybe you're here today, maybe here's your first time, and I just want to kind of give a disclaimer. Or maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to just encourage you to tune in. Don't check out. I want you to just kind of, this is a good time for you to kind of pull the curtain back and be like, what's going on in the church today? You know what I mean? I'm going to, I could be a fly on the wall sometimes. You know, you ever want to be a fly on the wall? Like, this is a good time to go through, you know, you're going through the the DMs of the church. Come on. This is a good time. That's what you're doing. Uh, Why don't you help me pray? Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you're going to speak to your church today. Uh, You're going to speak to your church today, Lord. As, as it says in your word, you're going to speak to God's people. You're going to speak to your people, Lord God. I just pray that we have a heart to hear what you have to say, ears to listen, eyes to see. Um, and Lord, that, that we may be compelled by love to move into action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Oh, by the way, my message today is everyone to reach someone. Everyone has been called to reach someone. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, um, I want to put a picture up. Has anyone ever heard of David Wilkerson? David Wilkerson, awesome man of God. He passed away a few years ago. David Wilkerson is someone that, uh, he's the founder of Teen Challenge. By the way, we support Teen Challenge. Uh, we are in relationship with Teen Challenge. By the grace of God, I've, we've partnered up with Teen Challenge in, in, in many ways. They have been a blessing to this church. They, there's been times that there's been people in addiction. It's a, addiction recovery program that is God-based. Come on, can we praise God for that? God-based. We need that. We need that. And he was the founder of, of Teen Challenge, also the fo- founder of 
uh, of Times Square Church, which still exists now, Times Square Church. Uh, it's been over 40 years and um, still in existence. And uh, he also wrote The Cross and the Switchblade, which has sold over 50 million copies all around the world. And I think that's amazing. This is, this is someone that I look up to. This is a legend in the kingdom of God. And I love his story. His story, no matter, no matter how many times I rehearse it and repeat it, it's like his story always impacts me. And so David Wilkerson was uh, called by God to come to New York. You know, like, you know, you got to be called by God to go to New York to plant a church. You know, and so he was called by God to plant a church. Watch this. He comes to New York and, and naturally he's evangelistic. So he's like witnessing to people. And long story short, he, he has an encounter with a gang member. This gang member at, is right at this point, the largest, uh, gang. He is the leader of the largest gang in all of New York City. His name is Nikki Cruz. Now, I love his story because he was witnessing. Can we put up Nikki Cruz up there? He was witnessing to Nikki Cruz. And so in, in one of those exchanges, he's talking to Nikki Cruz and he's talking to him about God's love. And Nikki Cruz tells him, listen, I'm tired of hearing about God's love. I'm tired of talking to me about this Jesus. If I ever, and he hits him. Like, I love evangelism, but if someone hits me. You know what I mean? Like, I look up to David Wilkerson because I'm like, my God. Not because he evangelized, because he took a punch. He got struck by Nikki Cruz. And Nikki Cruz says, if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. He looks at Nikki Cruz and he says, this is Nikki Cruz, gang member, on drugs, no peace. He looks at Nikki Cruz, he says, you could cut me in a thousand pieces. And, and each and every piece will tell you, I love you and God loves you. It's phenomenal. And if the story stopped there, that would be one of the most epic stories in all of New York City history and all of the kingdom. But the story doesn't stop there. Can I tell you what happened? That moment impressed Nikki Cruz so much. It was, it, it just, it wrecked him. It impacted him so strongly that he couldn't sleep for days. He couldn't sleep. He was just, he was just tussling, tussling. And, and he gets a flyer where David Wilkerson is hosting a crusade and he makes it with all his gang members to the crusade. Guess what happened in the crusade? God wrecks him. God wrecks Nikki Cruz, who had nothing to do with God, who beat up the preacher that's preaching on the pulpit. God wrecks this guy, gives his life over to Jesus, and all the gang members get saved that were with him that day. And listen, if the story stopped there, that would be an epic story. But it doesn't stop there because Nikki Cruz doesn't just go and attend his church. He goes on to be one of the largest evangelist ministries in all of New York City history. If you ever heard of Nikki Cruz Outreach, one of the, it's a global ministry that's impacting the world. Here we are 40, 50 years later that it's still impacting the world today. And can I, can I be honest? It doesn't stop there. If the story stopped there, this guy went in to write books and became an author, number one bestseller. This, like, God has used him profoundly and powerfully, but it doesn't stop there because there was one time this, this, this person who was a Muslim and he worked at a bank. And one of the bank tellers or one of the, his associates there tell him, hey, I want you to go to a Nikki Cruz outreach. I want you to come with me. And he was like, nah, I don't want nothing to do with that. Like, I got my own religion. I'm good. And somehow she persuades him to attend. And he goes and attend and in, at a Nikki Cruz outreach, 
This man gives his life over to Jesus because he heard the voice of God tell him, I am the God you're looking for. He was a Muslim and he goes, Jesus, I am Jesus and I am the God you're looking for and I am my word. Those are the two things that he told this man. This man is named A.R. Bernard. A.R. Bernard is the pastor of the largest church in all of New York City, Christ Cultural Center. Can I tell you what happened? It was one invitation. Now, here's the beautiful thing. That, that watch this. That the invitation was made, but the transformation was done by God. And can I just, can I just, can I just say something about what, what I believe is going to happen in these next three weeks at our church? I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that there's a Nikki Cruz in this audience. I believe wholeheartedly that there is an A.R. Bernard in this audience. I believe that there's a Marcos in this audience. I believe that there's an Amanda Remedios in this audience. I believe that there's a John Miranda in this audience. I believe that there's a Steven Gutierrez in this audience. That the stories doesn't just stop there. The stories continue and our story will be told because of an invitation. An invitation. Just an invitation. And um, I want to read to you this passage because again, as you as you can see that we make the invitation, God does the transformation. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse six, and I want to read it from the message translation because I think it kind of like encompasses it very perfectly. It says, we each carried out our servant assignment. Say, we got an assignment. I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. Do you see the assignment of responsibility there? He says, I planted, Paul wore, uh, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. Now watch this. It's not that one who plants or the other who waters who is at the center of the process, but God who makes it grow. So there are things that God has assigned to himself that only he can do. <laughs> but there are certain things that God has assigned you that he's made you responsible to do. And God's not going to reassign to himself what he has delegated to his children. And so what God is, almost as God is saying, hey, listen, um, your job is to water, your job is to plant, and watch how I make it grow. It's almost as if God is saying, hey, I want you to do this and watch me show off in your life. I know it might look impossible, but all you, all you are responsible for is to water and to plant, and you're going to see make, me make it through. In other words, if you invite them, I'll transform them. If you reach them, I will restore them. Oh, my goodness. If you connect with them, then I will reveal their calling in their life. If you speak them to them my word, then I will sanctify them. If you care for them, then watch how I will change their life and their generation. He's like, hey, I'm faithful to my assignment, and I'm just calling you to be faithful to yours. I'm faithful to my assignment. I'm going to make it grow, but I need you to make the invitation. I need you to, to plant because I've given a mission to everyone that is God's people, to reach someone. I've called everyone to reach someone. Everyone to reach. Oh, we got a good church in the house. I've called everyone to reach 
someone. And that's what we've been asking. Who's your one? Because he's given this assignment to everyone. And I want to make the mission very clear to our church today. He's given every one of us this assignment. Uh, it, it's funny because we, we, this is what we've been doing. We've been writing three names. And I've been taking this so seriously because God has been checking me. Like, this is something that's challenging even, even me. Like, there's some things that I'm just like, kind of like letting slide. What I mean by this is like, I go to Dunkin' Donuts every day and I pick up my coffee and I have an agenda. Like, I'm going to walk, I'm going to work out, I'm going to get my coffee, I'm going to do some videos, I'm going to come back home, I'm going to edit them, and then I'm going to, I have my agenda. And then sometimes God wants to interrupt my agenda. I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm literally walking by, walking by, and a lady stops me, excuse me, excuse me. And I'm like, hey, she's like, and now she's done this to me before, and I, I do what I always do. She goes, hey, hey, um, can you give me a cigarette? And I'm like... And it's funny because I always check my pockets. I don't know why I do that. She's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't smoke. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> just, and, 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 and this time, this time, this time, now I've done this like plenty of times. She comes up to me. She's like, probably like six times she's come up to me. Hey, hey, can I have a cigarette? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have, I don't have. I'm like, why am I apologizing? I'm like, I don't, I don't smoke. And I just go about my business. Well, God's been, God's been speaking to me. He's like, what if she's your one? What if I've put, what, I've, what if I've caused you to walk this route so that you can encounter her? And I stop and I say, hey, I don't smoke, but I would love to talk to you a little bit more. She's like, what? I was like, what's your name? I said, my name is Rolando. I said, what's your name? I said, I can't ask you for my phone number because then, you know, Lisa's going to can't. Baby steps. She goes, my name is Karen. She goes, my name is Karen. I said, Karen, you know, we have, we have a great uh, community that gets together and we just do life with one another and we talk to God. We call it a church, um, but we're not like your typical church. So if you're ever free on a Sunday afternoon, four o'clock, I'd love to take you to church or I'd love to, to show you where the church is at. And, 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 you know, she didn't say, I'm going to come, but she did start becoming God conscious. And then she did start talking to me. She's like, oh, you know what? I go to church all the time. And I was like, what church you go to? And she started talking to me about church and, and a connection was made. And my point is that God will interrupt your regularly scheduled program so that you can be the light in someone else's life. Amen? He's called all of us. Let me, let me show you the, the verses where he's called everybody. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You will tell them about me. Where are you going to tell them about me? In, everywhere. In the city, in the countries, in Judea, and Samaria. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. So he came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Why? So go. Go and do what? Go and make followers. Of, of, of who? All people. Where? All of the world. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into where? All the world and preach the gospel to who? All creation. I love that because I'm like, man, maybe your dog needs to get saved. Do you see the all-inclusiveness? Like all of creation. Like all of creation. It, it, this is an assignment that he's given everyone to reach someone. And I think sometimes 
we, we hesitate because maybe we don't have the tools. But this is my concern. My concern is that we could be like, you ever seen, you ever seen the movie Superman? Like, I, I always wonder, like, Superman was a, a, a superhero that saved people. Like, if someone was getting robbed, if someone, and, and this is what I see sometimes. Like, I sometimes feel like God has equipped all of us to be the Superman of the world. And someone's getting robbed, and we have the answer, and we're not helping. So imagine Superman being able to protect someone and holding back on his power. And again, this is not to guilt trip anybody, but it is to put it in perspective like, oh, wow, like God has given me power. And with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man quote, I think. And I think Spider-Man did that too, right? Didn't Spider-Man like he retired for a little while? Didn't he? Where's Ruben? I need a superhero. Right? Like holding back. And at one point he's like, nah, I got I to gotta jump back into this picture. And I just believe that God's people need to jump back into the pe- picture because we have the answer to some of the things that people are looking for. Like there's someone that's looking, for, looking to find peace in addiction, but you have the answer. There's someone who's looking for happiness in the nightclub, but you have the answer. There's someone who's popping pills to numb the pain, but you have the answer. There's someone who's broken because of a divorce and they're talking to you about it. And you're like, oh, psh, let me tell you, psh, man, I was going through, I'll cut them off. Blah, blah, blah. No, like, no, you have the answer. You don't have to be the answer. You just have to lead them to the answer. Come on, give God some praise in this place. So I want you to think of you've been rescued to be a rescuer. You've, you've been set free so that you can help people be set free. You've been healed so that you can lead people to healing. You have been rescued. You have been saved so that you can lead others to salvation. And God is saying, I'm sending you to the world. I'm, I've, I've li- I'm literally sending you who are my followers. I'm sending you into the world so that you can be the light in dark places. And sometimes because we, and, and this is what the Bible says, I'm sending you into the world. And you might feel like that's a long stretch. You might be like, the world? I'm supposed to go to the world? And and here's what I want to submit to you. Maybe not the world, but maybe the world around you. Maybe God is calling you to impact the world around you. Because sometimes, you know, what do we do? Like, if we can't do the ideal, we don't do anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it happens to me. Like, once I mess up my diet, I don't leave it messed up. I dig that thing to the ground. Right. So sometimes because you can't pray, five, you can't pray an hour. You don't pray five minutes. Sometimes because you can't read your word for 15 minutes, you don't read it at all. Sometimes because you can't fast for 40 days and for 40 nights like Yvette does. You, you, you don't even fast a meal. And here's what I'm here's what I want to submit to you. What, what I believe that God is 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 saying to you. Hey, would you do something for someone? Something. What is the next step for you to take when it comes to going into the world? Maybe right now you're completely silent. Maybe right now you're not completely sharing. Maybe now, maybe right now you feel a little shy. And I just, I just think that we can equip God's people today. Like Ephesians chapter four said, we can equip God's people to do God's work in this world. Amen. So I want to give you um, just three small little points that I believe that are going to empower you. Here's the first one. Our mission. I just want to clarify what our mission is. Our mission is to win souls, not win an argument. 
Our mission is to win souls, not win an argument. And there's some, and, and, I, and I know, I know that there are some of us. There's nothing we enjoy more than nice, heated, spicy discussion. All the Latin women say, "No, I'm just joking." That was a, that was a joke, guys. That was I kid. And here's what I want to say. Like, I don't think that God called us. Our mission is not to go and argue with people. Like, we got to learn how to make a point without making an enemy. We got to learn how to make a point without making an enemy because God called us to win souls, not win arguments. And, and now it doesn't mean that we can't ask questions. It doesn't mean that we can't answer questions. It doesn't mean that we can't, like, uh, disagree with people in a respectful way. It doesn't mean that we can give, we can't. It doesn't mean that we can't give an adverse opinion or opinion that disagrees with society or disagrees with those that we're trying to read. It doesn't mean that. It means that there's a time that you realize, hold on a second, this is an argument. This is, a, this is us going back and forth and arguing. And what God is saying, hey, I've called you to win them over to the kingdom, not to win an argument. And I think sometimes in our effort to evangelize, unfortunately, God's people have in many ways have gotten it wrong because we're winning arguments and we're debating with people and we're making them look bad, which, which I think we have the right answer in my opinion, but we've, we've lost the mission. The mission was to reach them, not just to win the argument. That was the mission. And can I just, can I be so bold to say there's some of our street pe preachers in the name of Jesus? Street preachers, TikTok evangelists who are winning a whole lot of arguments but ain't winning a soul for Jesus. And what they use is Moses. Moses preached for 30 years and didn't have one people come. come. No, that was God, God's judgment after God canvassed the whole city. That was God's judgment. Don't, don't bring me Noah not Moses, Noah. Don't bring me Noah talking about he's a, he was the preacher. No. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. Was he not effective with people? You know who the people he wasn't effective with? The people who thought they had all the answers. The Pharisees. And so, so, so that's why it's so important for you to not, for you not to feel like you have to win every debate. Like, it's so important for you to know that. You have the power. You have the answer. You don't need to know all the answers. You don't need to be able to answer all the questions. All you need to do is be able to share your story because no one can take that away from you. No one can take that away from you. So I always like to say, like, if y'all, like, if you don't know the, if you don't know the answer, that's okay. Don't let that hinder you from talking to people about God's love. Right? Like, do you know what happened with the dinosaurs? I don't know. But I once was blind. Now I see. Did God create aliens? I don't know. But I once was blind. Now I see. How did Noah fit all those animals into the ark? I don't know. I, I don't know, man. But I once was blind. And now I see. Did humans evolve from monkeys? Listen, I don't know. <laughs> 
was blind and now I see. Is the earth flat or round? I don't know. But I once was blind and now I see. Was Jesus really God and man at the same time? How could that be? I don't know. But I once was blind and now I see. Well, man, what do you even know? I once was blind and now I see. to win arguments we're called to win people we're called to win souls so our mission let's clarify that our mission is to win souls it's not to win arguments number two write this down our mission is connection before correction can I just say something real frank here correction will always be perceived as judgment if you fail to connect with them first Correction will always be perceived as judgment if you fail to connect with them first. And whatever, for whatever reason, there's some of us that feel like we've been deputized by God to be the official correctors of the world. And that, can I just like alleviate the load here for a second? God didn't call you to correct people and go into the world and be the corrector of humanity. God didn't even call you to go out there and correct people's behavior. I'll prove it to you. Just look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. A beautiful time for Jesus to have corrected people. I mean, let's look at the woman that was caught in adultery. Perfect time, Jesus. This is the time you bring correction because she was committing adultery with someone else. We should stone her, Jesus. Jesus should be like, excuse me, excuse me. Like, really? You out here tripping, acting wretched. How dare you? You know what happens. You know what happens when you commit adultery. You get stoned. I love you, but you gotta pay the price. Perfect. No. You know what the Bible says? He stoops down. He connects with her. He says, hey, where are your accusers? He's like, I, neither do I accuse you. Here the, here's the correction. Go and sin no more. He connected before he corrected. See, we're not talking about there's only connection and no correction. Because that's just swinging to the other side. No, 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 no. It's connection before correction. Because God does correct us. God does lead us. God does hold us accountable. But he's also connected with the perfect time. Here's a perfect time. Jesus could have corrected before connected. When the woman came with the issue of blood, He's like, power came out of me. He's like, power came out of me. Who touched me? It was a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. She was leaking blood for 12 years. They said she had a blood flow. He didn't go, when she came to him, she's like, I did. He didn't go, excuse me, Miss Drip Drip. You, that was too much, I was sorry. Sorry. You know you're not supposed to touch me. You know you are unclean. You've had a blood flow for 12 years. What are you doing touching a rabbi? Like, do me a favor, go wash yourself up, and then we could talk. You know what he does? He says, daughter. The only time he ever refers to someone as daughter was during a time 
where someone was being outcasted and he was on a way to rescue a daughter. That's another sermon for another day. He connects with her. Oh, Zacchaeus, perfect time to correct. <laughs> Zacchaeus, my man climbs up a tree. He could have, what are you doing, bro? You lying thief, you. You see this whole multitude right here? Give him back all the money you owe them from robbing God's people. Perfect time to correct. You know what he says? Hey, man, I'm coming through. Your place ready? Because I'm coming to hang out with you. I'm coming to hang out with you. He, he, he connected with Zacchaeus. And naturally what you hear is a testimony of Zacchaeus giving all the money four times over. I think that God has called our people not to be deputized correctors of behavior, but to connect with people's heart. And you will see the natural progression of that will be a heart transform and that will lead into a change of behavior. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 and 23. It says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. You know what he's saying? He says, I'm willing to go above and beyond. I'm willing to go above and beyond to make myself uncomfortable so that I can reach people. He goes, to the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became under the law that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law that I might win those outside the law. Those are called Gentiles, by the way. He says, I became like a Gentile to reach a Gentile. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I already hear somebody. Yeah, I became a drug dealer because I wanted to reach the drug dealer. That's not what we're saying here. To, to the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. Look at this. I have become all things to all people that by all means, I might save some. <laughs> I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessing. He says, I've, I've purposed in my heart to become all things to all people so that some of them can come to know this God that I love. And I think sometimes we're going fishing, but we're using the wrong bait. The greatest need this world has and needs is love greatest gap this world has is love and oftentimes in the name of truth we judge people and we condemn people and 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 we write them off you know what right you know what writing someone off looks like it looks like this they're a special case god's gonna have to reach them it's like i've sent you i've sent you so he's called us to connect before correcting last one our mission is to invite God's our mission is to invite God's job is to transform I want to end where I started that our mission I want to be clear is to win souls 
Our mission is to connect before correct. And our mission is to invite. God's job is to transform. So I'm gonna, I wanna give you three practical ways where you can help your church, your local church, your, if you're part of this house, if you call Kuhau your home, if you've given Lisa and I the privilege to be your pastors, I want to give you three ways practically that you can be on mission. Everyone has a starting point. Here's the first one. Can you just pray for people who don't know Jesus once a week? once a week to pray for someone that doesn't know God here's the second thing can you invite one person to church once a month I'm not asking you to make I'm not asking you to close the deal again I'm just answering the question how can I get on mission what if your second step is to invite someone to church once a month I'm not asking you to make sure they're there I'm just asking you to be like and you were sharing with me you were going through this situation and I just want to let you know like what's helped me in my life is my relationship with God and so on Sundays at 4pm it's like all of us like minded we just we just want to get closer to God and if you're free I'll pick you up but if not it's all good make an invite we we shared the story of Margie last week 10 years of just being consistent just make an invite once a month Last one, this is an easy one. Easy one. Share a social media post once a week from your church. That's it. We put out content maybe about five times a week on the Kuhau account. Maybe one of those posts can be the light that shines in someone else's life on your feed. But they'll never come in contact with Kuhau. But they will because someone shared it. I was at a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gathering that I always go to. Well, one of the friends of the owner of the place, one of the friends, they were just there by happenstance. They introduced, they introduced me to her and they're like, she's like, this is crazy. So she's like talking to me. She's like, last week, I was going through a situation and my sister sent me a video and you were that guy in that video. And she was expressing how that impacted her life. Well, listen, that video would never got to her unless her sister shared it. And he's calling each and every one of us. The content is there and this is what I believe. Like there's a message that God has given at Kuhau about God's unadulterated grace that hasn't been heard in Staten Island and in this region. And I just believe that we have this message that we are called to share to Staten Island and to this region. And he's calling each and every one of you. So here's what we ask you for the next few weeks. Pray for someone once a week. Invite them once a month. And share a social media post. I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet.
have to adjust the camera, so I'm walking slow. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you just, um, would you hold out your, if you need one of these, could you just raise your hand? Last week we started a campaign. And this is where God has called the pastors to call, hold the church accountable. Pastor Marquez, I saw, I, I was in his car, he said it today. I was in his car and I saw an empty slot. I said, how dare you? You have committed the unforgivable sin. I said, Pastor, I need all of us to be on page with this. All my leaders, all our dream team members, I need us to be all on page. If you need one, would you just lift up your hand right now? We want to pass this on to you. There we go. Our host team is going to pass it on. But here's what we're believing. Can we just lower it a little bit? Um, here's what we're believing. We're believing that the three people that God has placed in your heart. Last week we started it. This week we've been praying. And, and, and I know what we do. Oh, I got the three people in my brain. I got them in my... No, here's what I'm asking. Write them down. We're, we're doing this prophetically and symbolically. In the same way that a baptism doesn't save you, but it's a symbol, this is what this signifies. That we're taking the step to write these prophetic, these names prophetically, believing that we will see their salvation. So I'm asking you to write in these. And who's your one? So I'm just going to ask you to hold your card and we're going to say this prayer together. I just want you to repeat after me. Thank you for Fo. I thank you for Diana. I thank you for Anthony. These are the three people that I'm praying for. You have the three people you're praying for. And I just want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I pray for my three names. I pray for my three names. That I've listed. That I've listed. Before you. Before you. I pray that you fill them. I pray that you fill them. With your love. With your love. And that they would. And that they would. Have a love encounter with you. Have a love encounter with you. I ask you to use me. I ask you to use me. And give me an opportunity. And give me an opportunity. To share my story. Share my story. And invite them. And invite them. To a church service. To a church service. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. Can we give God a praise in this house? For our friends and family service is December 4th, and this is the perfect time we want you to invite a friend and a family. We want you to invite them. Uh, it'll be a message about God's grace and God's love, and I believe we're going to see one of the greatest numbers of salvation we've ever seen in the history of this church. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Anybody that's tuning in online and you wish to participate with this, please email us at kuna, uh, connect at kuhau.com. Connect at kuhau.com. If you desire to place your faith in Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And this is just affirming on the outside what God has done on the inside. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you died for me and forgave me of my sins that you resurrected to give me new life and from this day forth i'm a new creation in christ jesus amen amen and amen let's
give God a praise in this room as we sing this last song.